Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. And since it's Thursday, I'd like to welcome back on the program Sadia. Sadia Osmani, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm all right. Thank you very much. It's a nice sunny morning here in the UK. And uh, here I am, ready to talk about whatever you want to talk about, actually. I was going to talk about the Olympics. So that's my chinwag subject for today. It's a great How topic. are you anyway, Norit? Yeah, we're doing very well. Hong Kong has uh, won a couple of medals already. Uh, we took yes. a gold uh, with uh, Chen Kalong fencing. for fencing, that's right. And then Siobhan Hohe for the silver in yesterday's 200 metres freestyle. Gosh. She's brilliant. It's Absolutely just electrifying brilliant. to watch. And I'm not particularly sporty, but for some reason, well, well, we'll get to that. It just makes you feel like energetic and you're rooting for them and you're a fan. I mean, I knew nothing about fencing. I, I still don't know anything about fencing, but I'm like, yeah, think get him. It came out a little bit out of the blue. It's funny that because, you know, I was, I was um, obviously here in the UK and I saw that Hong Kong got the, the medal for fencing and I thought, yes, you know, <laughs> um, but it just makes you, you know, it just came into my mind that this year, the reason I want to speak about the Olympics is obviously because it's up there and we are watching it and we are hearing about the medals across the world. But it's just, uh, you know, so many times this time when I have been watching coverage, um, you know, I've seen people cry. I mean, people do cry, obviously, during the Olympics. And, you know, all, the, the athletes who are taking place, you know, who are taking part in it but this year I felt like my goodness it's a really special year because just looking at it I mean generally with the Olympics there's always a sense of pride as you were saying you watch it you're rooting for the teams you're rooting for everyone just to come and do a good job because you know we we just don't see the behind the scenes as to what goes on and I think this year particularly has been particularly traumatic because the whole thing with the Tokyo Olympics is that you know from from the start of the pandemic, this was hanging on the, you know, it was just sitting at the on the fence whether it was going to go on, whether it was not, up and down constantly. And I cannot imagine what some of these athletes have gone through. I mean, it's very easy for us to watch the Olympics and see people get a silver, a bronze, and, and gold and things, and we think, oh yeah, great, they did it. But I tell you, the effort that people probably have gone through this year, um, and it's it's just so sad. And, you know, it's amazing that they are now there and they're doing this. But even now as they're there, there's constant cloud over them and fear, I'm sure, with the pandemic that at any moment in time, this could seize, they would have to stop or they would have to do something. And, and they just don't know. And seriously, it's the... It's the stamina and it's the motivation of these people which really does, you know, surface. And, you know, like, um, you know, the Hong Kong's um, medal for fencing, you you realize that there are so many people who are competing in areas which you're not sometimes even familiar with and suddenly they pop up and they've got a medal and then all the focus is put on them and you just think, my God, what? how much did they do to get there, you know? But 
it's it's just quite um, I worrying. Think there are two you know. sides to to that um, also, just on on COVID and COVID. You know, by all by by all counts, have been a horrible thing. Um, at the same time, I think some athletes argue it's given them that extra time, it, Tuition, yeah. that extra time yeah. for them to, to do yes. the training and f- to be prepared uh, for the games. And some people argue, like Siobhan, f- for Siobhan Hohe and uh, Chiang Kai-long, that they've actually had that extra year to prepare themselves to get even better. Yes, um, absolutely. At, at I'm the, sure that's the other side. At the same time, yeah. there are some athletes who yeah. miss out on the gold medals who perhaps, you know, are a bit older. Um, I mean, bearing in mind that um, Edgar Jung and also uh, Siobhan, they're, they're young, relatively young athletes. There, there could be athletes who are sort of um, towards their 30s or even mid-30s. That time is, you know, of, of the yeah. essence, so to speak. So that that's kind of crucial. Oh, absolutely. And you're absolutely right, because I suppose this has given people a bit of a stopgap where they've been able to, you know, have more time to prepare and stuff which is the which is the upside of it i suppose and i think you know maybe it's also that this does bring people together we're all in the same boat and you know the the motivations and things they have to be really you know encouraging each other i mean and it's a huge thing that you know these guys are walking into these stadiums things like that and there are no spectators so suddenly like you know members of your family who would otherwise have come gone to Tokyo and supported you yeah and so so there isn't there but an interesting thing I think out of this which has really come obviously in the news in the last two days is with Simone Biles who is from the, the gymnast from the USA who actually made the announcement yesterday that you know she was going to step out which I think you know is good on her that she was able to do that. I mean, she's had quite a traumatic background anyway, but the fact is that she came out there and she said it, and she said things like, you know, that she was carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders, and and she's had a year of grief and loss and restrictions tied to the COVID pandemic, but the big message here was that the importance of sort of mental health, and how much, you know, these athletes have to be driven in order to do what they do, but you know, it takes its toll it must have a huge effect on on them and this particularly is obviously something that you know gymnasts face that their spatial awareness is taken away from them and and it's a huge risk for them so for her to be able to sort of stand up there and just say listen you know my health my welfare my mental health means more to me at this stage I need to stop here and I need to just carry on and I think that message has been really so such a positive message throughout that I'm sure quite a few people and and maybe people who haven't even got to the Olympics and stuff you know suffered and and this has been a really significant move for for uh, you know where mental health is concerned that to acknowledge it and to understand that you know you have your ambitions but you can't one can't take over the other you know so so that was that was really you know quite a a major event i think that's happened that's really made a difference um but i suppose you know yeah, you were going to say. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Um, I, I read a couple of articles. Um, just comparing Simone Biles with, with other gymnasts. Uh, that that came before her, and one comparison was uh, not related.
related to, to mental health for this particular uh, athlete, but was uh, Kerry uh, 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 Stroog, um, who broke her ankle in the 1996 Olympics. Uh, she was also uh, the, the USA team uh, gymnast as well. And um, well, one is a physical and the other one is a mental, but she broke her ankle while she was performing her vault and she looked at her coach with pleading eyes just sort of no i can't do the next fault but then the coach was just like mouthing to her, to her saying you have to finish it you have to finish it and so she she did and she broke her ankle she tore the ligaments she won a, a, an olympic gold medal but at the cost of her career cut short that was her last ever olympic she had she couldn't she couldn't be a gymnast anymore and you know i don't know as a as a as a mum i suppose or you know i just i just wouldn't ever want my child to be treated like as a disposable you know it's it's such an honor to represent your nation in a sport but then to be treated like that for your well-being not put into consideration i'd want the coach to put the girl's welfare whether it's mental or physical yeah. um and, and that there, there are numerous of of other comparisons that there's a soviet Gymnast Alina, I'm sorry, her, her last name slips my mind, um, and she also broke her, 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 her leg or something like that. And then the coach kind of forced the doctors to to say, nope, take her take her leg out of the cast and make her train for the 1980s Olympics. Um, and she was um, training, and because her legs were a bit weak, she land. She performed. She performed, and then she landed on her chin. She snapped her neck broke her spine and she became a quadriplegic for the rest of her life she was 20 and she died at 46 awesome. you know and it's horrific just, there's that yeah. motivation for the athletes and pushing them to be better but how far do you push the yeah athletes? how far do you push them and you know i'm sure so many i mean you know it's a kind of balance isn't it that i'm sure you need that sort of motivation you need that pushing because it's just like when you go and work out in a gym with a personal trainer or something they just push you they push you but then you, you have to have a balance and you snap. yeah and you snap that's right yeah. and and there has to be much more sort of um awareness of this and maybe you know something like that's happened with small miles that maybe this will put a little bit more sort of attention to this or to both the coaches and for the athletes to be able to say look i this is it this is as much as I can take and don't do any more because, you know, their welfare is paramount, you yeah. know, absolutely. And and the, um, and the, and the Soviet uh, athlete, her name was Elena Mokina um, and she yeah. was the 19th I'm sure there have been lots of cases yeah. in the Olympics of things like that. You probably don't hear of some of those cases, even, even of people who have been training and then who've not made it to the Olympics because of injuries and things like that, you know. But um, that's kind of the, the one side of the Olympics where I suppose, you know, there is concern about how people are treated and things like that. Um, on a kind of lighter note, I suppose, I don't know, you know, while you're watching the Olympics, there's always this thing when I'm watching the Olympics where I'm sure so many parents and obviously governments and people start thinking, you know, especially when gold medals come in and silver medals, they think we must put more into sports. We must get more kids out there. We must be doing more sports. And and that 
sometimes is a, a thing that comes for a short period of time where, you know, it's just the it's just the whole flavor of the month with the Olympics, things like that. And then suddenly afterwards it kind of frizzles out a little bit and then people forget about it again until the next thing happens on TV or whatever. But I think, you know, we're, as parents, I think it's really important for us to be able to um, give our kids that sort of scope that sport is is important and you know it's important for your health it's important for your welfare it's important generally to get children to get out there because there are so many things competing with the outdoor sports and all sorts of things that you know it's very easy to let it pass by isn't it yeah one thing i also wanted to share sadia is um sort of uh, uh, perf- the, the performance of of the athletes and and in hong kong especially i'm sure globally as well they've been investing a lot in that sort of sports performance sports psychology um and there are various trainings that you can give your athletes um scientific trainings and and, and to get their perfor- to to get their physical uh uh sort of to shape but mentally to also train them so that if they were losing or sort of not winning the, the previous match to begin with how do you switch that mentality and not let the results affect your next game um, so for example Zhang Long, you know he, I mean he'd done very well to, to win um, his, his matches but he was down by you know quite a few uh, points how do you switch your mentality and not let that negativity affect you for the rest oh. of your game and, and that's kind of uh, a, a very interesting aspect of it and um, one person that particularly came to mind was uh, UK diver Tom Daly um, Oh I know his story is amazing his story isn't it? Yeah. It's just phenomenal for some of yeah. our listeners who, who may not know uh, Tom's really been diving since he was sort of when he was discovered at 7 13 years <laughs> now that he's trying isn't it through the Olympics. Olympics and he's just received yeah. I mean not just but I mean bronze and he's just been trying so hard to get the gold and this time in the men's synchronized 10 meter dive he, he and it was beat amazing. China, and he he beat the, yeah. the Olympic winners of of the previous years, and it was just a a great story of because they were down, the UK team was down, and China's team was so strong. I mean, they China, you know, was the world champion, and just to not let that sort of affect their dive, and the, oh. and and UK was you know up until I think the third or fourth dive was still behind right. China, and they t- sort of turned it around, and I, I got to say, China's then and then the UK. Went in the lead, and then China also didn't let them affect their dive because China's dive was just as good, but they just missed out on I think zero point something marks. It must be such a huge thing that you have to refocus yourself exactly. and you have to just channel that energy and, and you know they must be they must be doing some sort of like mindfulness or something because you know it's <laughs> yes. no joke it is no joke to suddenly you know be competing like this but then i suppose a lot of them are competing constantly throughout the year and they have to take it but to be in the olympics and then to just lose out by a small fraction and then and then to go on and think i have to carry on I must just not let this put me off. No, I, I can imagine that it's, it must have a lot of psychological effects. Exactly. And training that they do. players, for example, if they sort of down by a set or, you know, lose a few points, you can see them, uh, some, you know, not being as motivated. They're just more sluggish and they're more angry or whatever and not let that affect your, your game. Oh, it's a, huge, <laughs> it's a huge discipline. I think it's just like anything else in terms of the physical training, the whole mental thing of defeat and, and you know, it's really your whole 
being that is involved in this, you know, so and obviously your family and the support and things like the trainers and the coaches and, and, you know, how they are, because I mean, somebody can push you to the end and you can suffer for it, but it's a matter of the, the whole support. That's where I think maybe even in the pandemic, um, this probably has been one of the hardest things because they haven't been able to have much face-to-face interaction as well with trainers and things like that and with members of their family who would motivate them. So I think, you know, particularly this year, I would say that, you know, where before they were doing this, it's even more of a kind of burden on them to be able to deal with things like that, you know. So it's quite a... So, you know, hats off to them. And it is gripping. It is certainly gripping to watch and to just follow it. I was kind of watching the football and stuff before this. So it's been then football and then Wimbledon and now this. So, you know, it's been quite a sporting zone. But it's good if you're still isolating and you're still in the house and stuff. And here in the UK, things are sort of opening up now. But Exactly. But the Olympics has been great to to be able to watch, but we've still got quite a bit of it yet. But, you know, as I said, the Paralympics afterwards as well, just as gripping, just as um, Um, amazing with their stories as well, overcoming barriers. Talking about Paralympics this year, I don't know whether you noticed, whether you watched any of Wimbledon, but I, for the first time, I saw. you know, a doubles match with uh, a match where both uh, both of the people were in wheelchairs playing tennis. I didn't. And it was amazing. I've never seen it before. And it was at Wimbledon. And it was amazing just the control that they had on these wheelchairs, which had kind of slanted wheels like that. So they wouldn't so they wouldn't sort of trip. But it was just the movements. And I was thinking, my goodness, that's amazing. And and I had never seen that before in Wimbledon. This is the first year I saw it. And I and I thought, wow, good on them, you know, to be able to get in there and play tennis and stuff. But I think, you know, I saw a report actually last night I think this is something that they're encouraging here in the UK. They've got a new sort of campaign out where they're trying to get more people, um, you know, getting out there with disabilities and stuff and to be able to get involved in sport. And and I think that's so important that, you know, people should be able to do it regardless of their abilities in some shape or form, you know. That's why Um, visibility is so important. Seeing that on TV, you know, know, for for, for a child who has a disability or maybe in a wheelchair and not have having that representation, not seeing that on TV, will think that, well, maybe I can't do it. But if you see it being broadcasted on telly, you think, right, I can play wheelchair tennis. And that's kind of a, uh, that's really and, important. Uh, yeah, whether it's disability or, as you said, with children, and um, whether they have disability or whether, you know, just children who are thinking about sports, it's so important for us at this stage to, you know, let them watch the Olympics, let them get involved. Mm. And, and because some of them may be inspired by these things, you know, and and it's really important that, you know, we, we do take them because there are so many different sports that you can do. And it's not just one. It's not just tennis. It's not just, you know, gymnastics or whatever. But it's really important to give them a real taste of different sports to see where their interest lies and to keep that going. And perhaps if you're involved yourself in sports, then lead by example. Like, yeah. you know, go out with them, play tennis, do I'm things. quite a badminton player. That's right. Yeah. 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 No, I've got big arms for tennis. 
I won't show you my arms. <laughs> but, I mean, and, and to make it fun because, you know, it's, it's something that is there. You know, you see the Olympics that children should be inspired by it and get involved. And I think initially people do. When they watch things like the football or the tennis or the Olympics, suddenly there is this kind of energy that they have. They think, no, I want to get into sports. But then it kind of frizzles out after a while. So it's so important as parents to... to kids involved and stuff yeah. you know I wasn't particularly sporty I did, did a bit of swimming and things like that but I wasn't particularly sporty but I was a bit rubbish anyway but um but I'm sure but my brother is a great rugby player and does all, all sorts of things you know so it just shows you that you know everyone but you have to at least give people the taste of it first yeah. before they get out there so how about you have you played anything else apart from badminton yeah i was quite sporty at school i played netball i played um a, a bit of I, I played hockey um i was uh, i swam as well but all that changed after uni all that <laughs> <laughs> and then and then i discovered badminton which you know i always loved badminton but i never played it at school because i don't think we really had a badminton yeah. team but i've rediscovered that uh, we, we're out of time today, but Sari, if there was one sport that you sort of must watch at the Olympics, which sport is your go-to sport to watch? Oh, I like the I like the diving, and I liked all the synchronized swimming. That's quite cool to watch, yeah. you know. But the diving is amazing. I think that's quite. I really quite enjoy watching that. Yeah, all the twists um, and the yeah. I know it's just the skill and the and just the precision that's involved. Like it's amazing, and to keep your body so completely, know. you know, still as you make that dive. No, that, that that's quite amazing. I quite enjoy watching that. Well, Sadia, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program and I look forward to more Chinwags with you next week. Thank Good. you so much. Talk to you enjoy again the soon. Olympics. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And, and a quick look at the weather forecast for